Hey everybody, welcome back. It's been a while. In a minute. College Football Uncensored Podcast brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me, as always, and in a chipper mood tonight, I might add, Chris Marler. Chris, before we get into the football side of things, how was your holiday season this year? This is going to shock you, but it was up and down. Okay. Um, yeah. I wasn't just my normal stable and, uh, you know, solid self that I've been for the last five months. Um, no, it was good, man. We had, I decided not to go home for my family. I stayed here with the, the host family and they had their family in town. Um, just because if I went home, I was going to have to like turn right back around like the next day, just with everything going on bull week. So I stayed here. Um, and then I dog like, I, which I kind of thought would be like, all right, well, they're off work and you know, the kids are out of school. Like, we'll have a nice little, I, I love the week after Christmas. Yeah. They left town immediately. Um, on like the 27th and just got back today. We're recording this on Sunday. Where's so the dog sat? Oh, that's fun. It was something. Um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, it was, it was good, man. I got, um, I had a good Christmas. I had, uh, a really fun new year's Eve. I went and hung out with my buddy Jeff. Um, cause I didn't want to spend it like watching the game by myself. Um, which I'll get into why shortly. It's not going to come to a surprise to anybody. But um, yeah, man, everything else was good. Hung out with a couple of friends and I, I was very worried I was going to, to go off the deep end um, and it, well, for most of the year, but especially this week, because it's the end of the year. I was really looking forward to this year fucking ending for sure. And I was de- I just was like 90% confident we were going to lose to Clem- or Cincinnati just because of the way this year has gone. Um, and then I don't know if you saw the title sponsors of uh, some of the games here, Tyler. A lot of corgi commercials uh, over <laughs> over the bowl season. Not my fave. No, uh, yeah, a lot of corgis. Yeah, so that was a Likeable, that was likeable bunch, you know. They are. They are. Um, yeah. Anyway, how was yours? Uh, it was not great. Um, yeah, I mean, both our families, me and my wife's families, are local, so we were looking forward to. I I, I view the end of the year, like the last two weeks, it's kind of like a, I still work, but like, I'm not like grinding, getting after it at work. Right. Like it's, it's a, it's a refresh of two weeks where you just spend time with family, enjoy the holidays, show back up in January, refresh, ready to go. And anybody has a corporate job knows it's like the last week of the year yeah. is the best. <laughs> Cause you don't do shit. Right. Exactly. So, um, you know, I was looking forward to that. Um, in fact, when we recorded, the last time we recorded, I like right before we recorded, you were like, are you getting sick? I was like, sounds like it. I mean, Jesus. And uh, yeah, ended up my wife uh, the very next morning, tested positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very following day. So we were going to be locked down for, for Christmas no matter what. Right. Following day, I was like, you know what? I, I, I felt sick, but it wasn't bad. I tested positive. Oh, they're great. So the pr- pretty much the whole family probably has it. I mean, we didn't get the kids tested till later. They were negative, thankfully. Okay. I don't know how. Um, so COVID through the holidays, which at first I was really bummed. Then I started realizing that there was a, a lot of people that were in the same boat. It's like the whole country. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it didn't make me feel better, but it was just like, okay, well, shit, everybody else is doing this too. Um, the, the bad part was though, 
My dad actually installed a playset for the kids, like as a surprise. We were going to surprise them the next day, and he uh, cut through my cable line, my fiber line, my internet line. Oh, you did tell me this. I forgot about this. Yeah. Yeah, So, um, you know, everything's great when you stream everything until you don't have internet, and then Mm -hmm. it's the worst. Wait, also, did we talk last time? Have we talked since uh, YouTube TV decided to cut ties with? Yeah. Oh, um, well. That less than a day. Yeah. Rich called that. I was like having a fucking panic attack the whole time. Yeah. Shout out to like a bunch of our listeners and people on social media because I, I posted, I was like, I need, like, I, I would basically, what was the example I gave? It was something about, um, oh, I had Nancy Reagan, somebody for a uh, Hulu login. Wow. And uh, so I was joke. Like, it was at the time. Yeah, and um, yeah. I might need We've already moved past it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You'll get canceled but, for that in two years. You better. Wait, why? She was a giver. Like literally, if you think about it, we're not going to get into it, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look up that story if you if you can. That was wild. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but so I said that and then like we had a bunch of people send me that login info. It was awesome. Um, and then nice. Like I'm trying to think we had I told Rich, and I was like, hey, it's like it's like the first day. It was like the first day. Yeah, the first day of bowls. Yeah, that's right. And then like I heard there was like an FCS game that they just cut off in the like in the middle of like, I don't know, fourth quarter overtime or something like that. Uh, it was probably the Jackson State game, I would guess. Maybe. No, 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 because no, it was the day before that. But uh, then, anyway, bottom line, we got to see all the games. Um, we haven't done an episode since before even the Mizzou-Florida game, um, which is Yeah, we crazy. previewed that, and then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, happen. So, let's tell everyone the plan today, what we're going to do. So the plan is... Well, it's going to be an action-packed a- week. Really. Right, right. We're... We, just we want, yeah. So, it's like one of those things. Yeah. I got to it quickly. Yeah, I mean, that's not something I, I do. You go ahead. Yeah. I'll... yeah. So it's going to be an action-packed week. Uh, we know that you guys, especially, you know, obviously Bama and Georgia, probably two of the biggest fan bases that listen to the show. We knew we'd want that the fans would want. Hey, we want we want to hear about these games. Um, we're not going to preview the game till later in the week. But we're, we also want to have another pod that's, you know, gives all the other bowls in the SEC their just due. And then we'll also do some gambling content because that is where yep. that those are our, our roots. That's Chris. true. You might catch um, some, some Twitter spaces this week. We'll do a yeah. pod dedicated to it. So uh, this particular episode, we would just be talking about the two playoff games. Right. And, and um, you know, since my whole thing is going to continue to be, uh, you know, just being as transparent as possible with everybody, what happened was that Yellowstone f- uh, season finale was tonight. We're supposed to record at 8.30. I said a... Um, a Google doc in, which is like, I always try to do if I can to help Tyler, I'll always like, I'll always say I'll do it. And then I don't yeah, right. for the most part. And so then this time I did it, but <laughs> Look, that was transparent right is, there. You just said I mean, that was very transparent. That's what I try to do. Um, <laughs> but usually when I also do that, I, I, I put in way too much stuff. So right. it's going to be like a three hour episode. And we, and I wanted to watch Yellowstone regardless. we got more stuff coming for you this week. We're excited about it. We're going to do this episode solely on, um, the what do you call it? The, the playoff semifinal games, and then also at the end, we have uh, our producer Dan's going to come on. We're going to talk about the Yellowstone season finale, um, and then that's it. But like you know, just going back to what we were talking about before we get into the games. Favorite favorite Christmas gift? Favorite part of Christmas? Did you make any resolutions? I just did my Christmas today, actually, with my family. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
family dynamics, man. You just got to be careful with the COVID and stuff. So anyways, my sister's pregnant. You know, you just, we just all got to be careful. So yeah. Anyways, favorite gift. Well, we, do you have any nightmare stories from doing stuff for the kids? Well, besides the internet getting cut off, uh, which was terrible. Um, I don't know. My well, I just I've got a new um, frame Sports Illustrated of uh, the Braves World Series that's up in the man cave now. Love it. I like that. Um, my wife and I decided this year to just do one big like joint present for us, so we got this like nice piece of furniture. That's what's yeah. married life. What's you said married life? That's the married life. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, I was always wondering what that was like, but I um, inside jokes hope to hope to be a part of one someday. Sounds like you're not missing out though. That's what I'm saying. On a wedding? No, I missed out on three of those. But I mean, we're we're fine either way. Um, That's true. No, so what's funny on, on my end is uh, I so like I just wanted to like be around people because I was trying to stay in a good mood and and, and stay up with everything. Um, I my buddy Jeff who I mentioned earlier, we went to his house on Christmas Eve and helped put together a, um, a kitchen for his son. The mm. kid better fucking be in that kitchen every single day for the next half decade or full decade. Cause it was miserable. Um, <laughs> luckily he, but he had to call in like another neighbor to come over because I don't want to say it's cause I wasn't helpful, but it was a mixture of some things. And one of them was that, um, because like the Florida UCF game was on too. And it was just, Anyway, so we did that. And then Christmas morning or like Christmas Eve, I got a, um, me and not my, not my wife. Cause I, I never got one of those, but my host family, uh, sideshow rich, follow him on Twitter, by the way, he has his own, he has two that. accounts now. Yeah. Um, one so, dedicated solely to what? I'm not going to get into it. Content. <laughs> it's just content. He kept telling me about content uh, for most of the break. But no, so like we decided also not to give each other anything. I wanted to get both of them something, obviously, because of all they've been able to do for me and help me out. Uh, I didn't ask them for anything because what was the reason? Um, oh, like I owe them my whole fucking life since I'm living in their, right. their house. So at 11 p.m. Notice you guys didn't give me a present. Uh, anything up with that? Uh... Did I do something? Or like also, <laughs> or when are we eating? Um, also, what's the gift limit? Because <laughs> I spent seventeen dollars like, on y'all combined, and I was hoping you guys minimum four hundred for me. Mm -hmm. so it's been a rough year, you know. So I said, um, I was like, I was like, we agreed on that, and I was going to give them something anyway at like for New Year's Eve as like a like a symbolic like you know moving into the new year. Mm. So I told them that, and they're like, well, we're not going to be here for one. Um, I was like, cool. And two, that's fine. We won't give any gifts. And then at eleven p.m. on Christmas Eve, they got me. Um, they got me a hundred dollar Amazon card, which nice. is kind of fucked up. No, it's kind of fucked up, Tyler. It's 11 p.m. on Christmas Eve. There's nowhere for me to go get a, a gift for them now, so I just stay up all night and do. Did you make something homemade? I did. I did what most seven year olds would do, which is oh, look at that, Chris. You guys can't see the video, but Chris is holding up a sculpture. No, it looks great. <laughs> made it from hand <laughs> uh, from scratch. No, I um, I made a I've put it on the internet. I made a poster board of Uncle Chris Bucks. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I made a bunch of puns for each one. Like, like one of his kids, Luce, Lucy, is uh it, like this. I don't if he's listening, I don't mean this in a bad way. She's just kind of an a-hole. Like she's she's a little mm -hmm. bit of a dick, like some kids can be. And it's yeah. funny. It's like my, hilarious. My daughter's been an a-hole ever since she turned like two and a half. 
Yeah, even tell me. I mean, but that's like different. She's just that's she's not gonna grow out of that. That's just who she is. <laughs> I'm kidding. So, so like I make this. I'm like Lucy's constantly making fun of me. Like she'll say stuff like, "Hey, I made a painting today at school of our family, and it's only four people." And she'll, which I don't, I don't say anything or expect to be drawn in the picture. And then she'll look at me immediately and go, I didn't draw you in it because you're not a part of our family. I'm like, oh, no, I got it. Yeah. I got it, Liz. So yeah. I, mean, I was like all proud of this thing. I'm like super excited. It was, I got up early with the kids. I was, it was awesome. Like it was cool to, you know, see how excited they were. And, and Chris and, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Caitlin and Rich do this incredible job with Christmas. They, it just, they blew it out. Right. Um, and so, who drives that? Is it Sideshow Rich or is it? It is, is it man. He fuck, for he somebody that Christmas. like I hated in college, and he hated me too, to be fair, because he, he wasn't like a he, he's not like an overly friendly guy all the time. He loves Christmas. He like <laughs> it, I mean, it's crazy. It, it's it, anyway. So he, he like I made this whole poster board. I drew I drew drawings on it. I stayed up with all their arts and craft shit until like three or four in the morning drawing it, um, and. It's like, I think the second one we're going over it. I'm like, so proud. I'm like, they'll love this. They'll think it's really funny. Could not have been more uncomfortable with the entire thing. Um, the second one was called verbal Aluse, which was a play on words for ver- verbal abuse where Lucy was allowed to be mean to me for an hour. Wow. I but that's a good present. That's actually a good present for you because then she's limited to an hour where she yeah, can do it all I, the I time through for sure. Yeah. yeah. Either way, she started crying uh, immediately and uh, I had to go back down to the basement. So. Wow. That was my Christmas. <laughs> anyway. All right. Before we get into the game, New Year's resolution. Do you have one? No, I'm just going to um, try to be happy, happier this year. Just like, I'm sure I'll think of some. I was just kind of, to be, I don't know, to be completely honest, I was so preoccupied with thoughts about how last year went and how, you know, I'm excited for the end of the year. And I was very thankful for everybody. I put a video up on social media and I'll say it again. I really appreciate everybody that was, that reached out. That was supportive and you i mean all jokes aside man like you guys pretty much saved my life i would have quit a long long time ago just it was just awful it was a really difficult year so i don't have any of those yet um but i was really just i don't know very grateful going into the new year what about you nice uh mine is to uh, be more disciplined in everything in life oh okay yeah like karate stuff are you gonna do like like yeah yeah that's exactly what i'm talking about Yes, fucking spot on, Chris. That's exactly what I meant. <laughs> no, you know, when um when your kid like even when you have young kids, they're still like just little blobs that are wow. you gotta take care of. But then when yeah. they start communicating with you and you start to realize like, wow, this person is totally relying upon me, I should probably be like very disciplined and as far as like keeping up with my health, mm-hmm. making sure I don't die early. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Uh, you're not living for yourself anymore. You're living for the kids. So that's that's my goal this year. So you weren't doing that before. More discipline in life. Cool. Yeah. yeah, not not really keeping up with the health. Not really eating well. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I'm trying to do. We'll see. Yeah. Start tomorrow. Been... Diet starts tomorrow. That's that. That's the. That's been yeah. my motto for the last 15 years. <laughs> Diet starts tomorrow. For sure. <laughs> good for already starting on Monday. Um, no, that's good, man. It's good. I remember, I remember like I've talked to like people before, like or maybe I might even been with Allie, where I was like. She would talk about like long-term things. I'm like, I, yeah, I, I didn't really think I'd make it to 40. So here we are. Like, let's, but like, mm-hmm. we'll get it. We'll figure it out. It'll all, it'll all make sense someday. And she's like, okay, Jesus. <laughs> anyway. All right. What I'm so, happy for you. Let's get into the games. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So let's just go in chronological order here. 
And the let's one that not, I think. Let's start with Georgia because I don't want to. I don't want people to say that we were only talking about Bama first. Okay, let's talk about Georgia and Michigan. This game was definitely one, the one out of the two that seemed a little more like it'd be more of a competition. I mean, Bama was obviously a double-digit, almost two-touchdown favorite, so this game was expected to be within a touchdown. Um, my fear for Georgia, actually, what I liked about the game was that it was far enough away from the SEC game that they could kind of move past that. Had they played this game the following week, I don't know if it wouldn't have been differently, yeah. gone differently. And honestly, really, I thought the inflection point of the entire game came on the first drive for Michigan when they were already down 7-0. So, all right, real quick, what, what was your like prediction or thought going into it? I Deep down, I knew Georgia would win, but I did think that Michigan would have enough for them just based on the way that they looked down the stretch. Right. And I just – I took – out of consideration and i guess what made me do this is because you look at their d-line throughout the year has been very mm -hmm. good but i always go back to do you have who has the better quarterback and oftentimes who has the, the elite quarterback mm -hmm. and then who wins in the trenches and i thought michigan would be able to stack up and it was pretty clear from the first snap that they weren't going to be able to stack up now Georgia takes the ball. They go right down the field, score. Brock right. Bowers, absolute stud. Michigan, I, I think this probably gets lost. Michigan came right back and was driving down the field, went over midfield, and had a fourth and four, like going into the the red zone. Mm -hmm. Didn't pick it up, and I just feel like the game was just five plays later, Georgia's scoring again, and it's like, okay, right. well, now the game's probably over. <laughs> So yeah, going into it because it's it's, it's kind of weird too looking back on it because we didn't get a chance to talk about it beforehand because you were sick and yeah. Um, it, so I I said on the other pod I said like on on TV I said like for anyone that would listen like I, I don't I can't objectively pick Alabama games anymore I just yeah I can't spoiler alert for this weekend. Um, or this well, I think it's, it and also goes both ways typically. Like sometimes you're overly negative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just I mean, that's which is not about my personality. Usually I'm such a bright, happy person. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm not sarcastic or, or pessimistic at all. No, I, I thought that, like, I said that going into the game, like, I was nervous that Bama would, like, just the way the year had gone, like I said. And I thought it was a bad matchup for him because of Sauce Gardner matching up on JMO, Mechie being out, you know, blah, blah, blah. I thought with the Georgia thing, we had seen this all year. Chris Gordy brought up a really good point. And he was like, he he brought up some like concerns about the Bama game, which I understood. And he was like, I feel like every after, after Bama beat Georgia, just we were prisoners of the moment. Everybody forgot about the whole season. We watched Bama struggle constantly throughout the season. Georgia dominated everyone, right? And they were only going to get healthier. And they had a chip on their shoulder. Like, I loved it. I, I said 33 to 10 before the game. Pretty damn close. 34 11. So, whatever. We talk about it. Certainly, you're off right. You got to love it. 34 yeah. 11. So, yeah, um, 34 when 11. The game, when the game started, real quick. So, when the game started, you're talking about Michigan. You know, Hutchinson was the number two finalist, or he was like uh, finished number two in the Heisman for votes. Um, defensive end had, you know, he's going to be a top three pick in the draft, maybe number one overall. And their offensive line also won the Joe Moore Award for the best offensive line in the country. I, like this on yeah, they paper, came especially. They out with those shirts. 
run the damn ball. And that yeah. was their whole MO the whole year, which I thought was a bad, bad matchup for, for it's them. It's like uh, the, the only way you can beat Georgia is if you could throw on them as Alabama show. Right. Show. So I thought it was going to be kind of a blowout. And then Georgia goes right down the field. I mean, just right down the field. And, and like the way they did it, giving having three, like it wasn't like they had to switch things up. And like we brought Pickens in. We ran a trick play. We were like on the first drive, especially, right? They, mm-hmm. they had three completions of Brock Bowers and one of them was a touchdown to, to cap off the drive. And then do you think that that, that that next drive where Michigan goes for it like on the 41 or something? Yeah, fourth and four. Was that because you they they knew they had to keep up or was it just like, you know, we're going to we're in we're going to have to like pull out all the stops or was it like just a, a like the analytics said something to Harbaugh? I think it's the analytics. I, I think I, I you see it in every bowl game and, and granted bowl games, most of them, the outcome, the coach doesn't feel like they're going to lose their job if they make some mm-hmm. stupid error in a bowl game. I mean, you could argue and shit, we'll have to have Danny Cannell on to talk about his side of the argument of, cause he's just getting roasted left and right on Twitter for his opinion on bowls and being too many. But for the large part, it doesn't matter really the outcome of a bowl game. You know, um, I don't think the success, if, if you win the sugar bowl, like Baylor did, I don't, I don't know that, that translates to next year's success at all. It's a totally different team. I get and, that. The, I mean, and it's so far away, you know, till the next season. I think it's a bad example just because of the fact that like Baylor is a program like that winning a, a new year's six bowl against an SEC team, especially, or and whoever would have won that game, that would have been great to capitalize off of. I think that you and I are in a boat where we're so in not entitled. We're so, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like this is for lack of better words, overserved with, with success. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like you kind of expect, of course, that's a better way to put it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, I think that like, you know, we kind of expect uh, our teams to, to be, yeah, in, yeah. you know what I mean? Like in, in those situations. So for the off season, like for, for blue bloods and, and, and teams that are constantly ranked like up high, like they kind of expect it. I think for a lot of teams, bowl games, can be a huge stepping stone into next year. I think uh, sometimes it can be overblown. I get where they're coming from, but at the same time, it's like that Purdue Tennessee game was awesome. Yeah. Um, that, you know, like, but like, like that doesn't change anything about Tennessee's outlook next year or Purdue's. You know, no, I think, in, I think, in my that, opinion, if Tennessee wins that game, I think it's yet another feather in the cap for Josh Heupel, though, of like, like in a couple months, people, people were kind of dogging his uh, play calling down the stretch. I didn't think that was a good play call. I will say yeah. that. Um, but no, I, I think that like I mean, you look at Kentucky and Arkansas. Like you think, but like, does he make those play calls if it's a game against Alabama and it's close? You know what I'm saying? What like saying. that's where I think the Bulls like they just don't. You're willing to take more risks. So got off on a tangent, but I think yeah, I think in today's game, they're the coaches are looking at analytics purely and mm-hmm. making decisions on fourth down. The the ones that are considered advanced thinkers. Right, because now you got journalists all the time that like they're into this all this these advanced analytics and they'll they'll roast coaches for punting in that situation. Like, so I don't know. They punt and they go down the field and have a ninety yard drive. It's easy to have like you know hindsight's twenty twenty. Right. It wasn't a bad play call. He was open. You just you missed you missed you know the connection I guess on it. But at the same time, I as soon as as soon as Georgia scored right off the bat, I was like, this game is over. 
And when they went up 14-0, I even wrote yeah. on Twitter, I was like, ball game. I guess I yeah. mean, that's it. When 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 it when they went up 14-0, I had people over at the house. All of us had had COVID over the Christmas. So we're like, yeah, hey, we can all just hang out for New Year's. It'd be fun. Right. Um, everyone there was a Georgia fan for the most part. Even they, when it was up 14 nothing, and it was like getting kind of later in the night and everyone was talking, like almost the attention, like people lost focus of the game because everyone, I think, felt the same thing. When Michigan doesn't get the fourth down, Literally five plays later, Georgia's going into the end zone. It's 14 nothing with that defense and seeing, obviously, that trench play in the SEC is so much different. It just, there's no way you're going to come back in that situation. No. And Michigan doesn't have a dynamic offense. They've put up some points, but they, you're like their bread and butter is running the ball with those two really good running backs. And you're just not going to be able to do that against Georgia's defense. There's no way. And and it was like, I don't think that was necessarily anything that was his fault, like Harbaugh's fault. I, I think that they right. were going up against a, a very difficult, um, what is possibly the best team in the country still and and possibly mm-hmm. the favorite right now, you know, and, and possibly mm-hmm. will be the national champions in a week and a half. Um, that being said, I it, it was it was fun. Like I wanted Michigan to win this game a thousand percent after I knew that Bama was in because mm-hmm. I don't want to play Georgia again at all. Right. Um, yeah. It was fun to flex the muscle because you talk about also going into this game, the, the SEC's one in five mm-hmm. going into this bowl game, and people were having a field day. Our our sister site, they were Dustin Shooty, I love him to death. He was fucking obnoxious about it. Uh, Emmanuel Acho was talking shit as well. But then you kind of knew also, it's like, all right, well, if they take care of business tomorrow and they're only three and five, but they have two teams in the natty, like, fuck off. Like, this is, yeah. Um, so anyway, it, like, what impressed me the most about that the performance from Georgia wasn't even Stetson Bennett. I, I love that. What he, what he did once again, um, we'll get in. Yeah. In, that was an, we'll, an amazing performance by him. It was man. You know, we'll, we'll just say it now too. Like what, what continues to impress me with this kid, I shit on him all last year. It's easy to make him the scapegoat, especially after, you know, his two games against Bama, he's had five interceptions, um, it, you know, last year and this year at the same time, I just am so impressed with the kid that like, is a zero star recruit. Basically he walks on at Georgia. He has the entire season blamed on him last year from that fan base. And everyone in the world is talking about JT Daniels. JT Daniels are the best Heisman odds of anybody in the SEC. He's getting all the NIL money. He's going to be a first round pick, all that kind of shit. Sets and Bennett, I would have transferred in a fucking heartbeat. Sets and Bennett had, had every opportunity to quit on that team and, and everybody that dogged him. And he was like fourth string. Yeah. And now yeah. he's in the national championship game. And it's, it's a bounce back game where he goes, 67% completion over 300 yards. And it wasn't like, oh yeah, you know, I'm throwing some balls like behind the line of scrimmage or some quick screens or like, you know, a lot of like yak, right? Like yards of the catch. Mm-hmm. It was fucking dropping dimes all over the field. It was, a, it was an impressive performance. I mean, James Cook had a career day. I mean, he, his brother used to do that. Anytime Florida State would play Miami, Dalvin, and we played Michigan actually in the Orange Bowl just destroyed down there and they go back to their hometown and those dudes put on a show and and James Cook was no different. I mean, he had over a hundred yards receiving in this game. Mm -hmm. Um, Just looked like a totally different player. Um, But yeah, man, good for Stetson. I mean, there were whispers, you know, as I listened to some podcasts heading into the games that, you know, people were hearing that JT was, there was going to be a short string and, you know, JT was going to be ready to come in and it, it just, I, it never got to that point, so who knows if that was true. Right. But 
I mean, Setson was was that dude. They, there's no question he will start against Bama, and you know we'll see and how he does. Start the whole game unless it's some yeah, like, yeah. unless he throws three picks in the first half. But it's also great to see Kirby and and uh, Munkin like both come out publicly and and you know like kind of vouch for him once again and be like, no, this is our guy. Like regardless of what happened, I, that was that was something that's gonna be interesting for me going into the game. Was okay, Kirby just did what we kind of what I was hoping he would do in the SEC championship, which kind of overthink some stuff, not do what seemed like a very simple, you know, copy paste effort from the defense from what he'd seen against Auburn and, and LSU games for Bama. He didn't overthink anything. He got like, you could tell he lit a fire into those kids like during the break and they worked their asses off because again, they're still, I mean, right now I'm, Bama fans don't fucking get mad, but they're the best team in the country. It, it, just from the fact that, like, the way they their entire season resume has been, Bama's a very what have you done for me lately deal for, I think, that we're not giving. It's a disservice to what the, the, the season Georgia had, I think, to think that they would be such an, like, overmatched underdog against Bama. And and I love the fact that Kirby didn't overthink it. And they came out there and just fucking punched him in the mouth. And and if there's not a – we talk about SEC speed all the time against these these teams. I was so impressed with the physicality of of what george was able to do like yeah. th- that trayvon walker play the trayvon walker play that like went viral where he he just fucking just <laughs> elbow jab to the chest of, of this pulling guard is coming downhill full out of seam it, it was it was awesome to watch yeah yeah they they were you you were wondered you know how they would start the game after what happened last game and they answered that from the first snap and, you know, look, it, we talk about guys like Jordan Davis all the time, but I don't even know if he's a top three player on that defense. He didn't say anything bad about him. Exactly. Like, N'Kobe Dean is an absolute monster. If, I was the, if I'm the Falcons, for example, and I have a top 10 pick, I would consider him as a linebacker as a top 10 pick. That There's dude no is an absolute way the beast. Falcons will do the right thing and actually draft him, but yeah. Oh, they'll, they'll draft percent. they'll draft a safety out of uh, San Diego State, right? <laughs> and uh, um, no, but uh, I mean, you t- I mean, Jalen Carter, th- these guys like they're good, man. They're yeah. and, and, and it's the that one Bama game, and obviously that's huge. For, that's a huge hurdle for them to get over. It skewed the vision of what we knew Georgia was all year. Right, and um, I even fell for it. You know, as as time went on, I just let that that last SEC championship game sink into my mind, and I ended up taking Michigan um, seven, you know, plus seven and a half. Really? I tried to hammer Georgia right beforehand, and I and I didn't get the bet in on time because I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, so um, and part of it was just going off of what I know from past results of of the program, and it's a totally That's different fair. program now, or I'll, at I'll least this the, year. The other part of it too is the fact that it almost had a, a, a it, it felt a little bit like the Florida game for me watching it because it was like kind of close. I mean, it, it wasn't really that close, but it was within the, Michigan wasn't put away, right? Like right. when they went up 17, when they went 14, like I said, I thought it was ball game, but you know, they, they end up going 17, Oh, and then Michigan goes down the field. They get a field goal, right? So they're, mm-hmm. they're down by 14 again. Georgia comes right back down the field. Georgia scores on their first four, um, what do you call it, possessions, which is I don't think had happened to a Michigan team in, I don't even, I, actually, I think they, they scored on their first five, but it hadn't happened to a Michigan team 
all year, but I think it was also in like yeah, they hadn't been few. down by more than seven at any point in the year, I think. Right, and and it was like what Georgia was doing was like historically good against like this Michigan team, and a, you know, very proud, proud history and tradition of that that program. Um, but at the end of the half, you have this flurry of of just dominance, right? Like where you like you get the like not only do you score on a I don't know what the fuck that defensive back was doing. It's I mean it's it's twenty to three. And Stetson throws the ball down the right sideline and, and the, DB, the DB just quits, just quits on the play and ends up being a long touchdown pass. So now you're up 27 to three and then they get an interception on a blatant yeah. pass interference, which was ridiculous. But at the same time, like they, they were like on like the 35, 40 yard line, their own on their, on their side of the field. Mm-hmm. I think if Kirby wanted to, they could have scored again. And then the Michigan receiver gave up on that one play too. Oh like yeah. Hendricks with Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it never felt like Michigan was going to win, though. No, no, not after that. Like, as soon as it was kicked. I will say hats off to that that program on a great year. Um, hats off to Harbaugh wearing gloves before the game. And uh, uh, just a big fuck you to, again, Jeff, who's gotten way too much airtime on this episode. Because I'm doing, like, live tweeting for the, the games. And he texts me and he goes, did you tweet like, oh, show me you've never been in a big game without showing me that? And so I tweeted that about Harbaugh, and then we got roasted because he had been in a uh, Super Bowl, which was nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it also seemed like a really good atmosphere for for the game. Like they both t- fan bases traveled really well. Thought that was great. I went down there in 2018 for the Oklahoma Bama game. It was not like that at all. So it looked it looked great. Shout out to Dan Lanning. You know, the guys yeah. accepted a job at Oregon and he, you know, they, they had the, I was, I've got a couple TVs in my basement. We had the main one on, um, the game, just the, the normal broadcast. And we had like the all 22 up and then we had like another one. And there was a point where they had the camera on landing and he was just like, I mean, he was into it. You know, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't Mark Rick, Florida state 2001 when or they scored two points, leaving the national championship. Right. Game. He was fully invested, and um, he's a great coach. So, yeah. shout out to but him Oklahoma as well. defense was also really good in 2000. Just want to let you know. Yeah, we had a very good offense. Scored Did you? Points. Scored, well, we scored zero points actually. We just got a safety. That's true. Yeah, we don't talk about that game enough. We'll talk about more in the off season. Um, <laughs> any other takeaways from this game? Uh just that Georgia fans have got to be feeling great about what. And it wasn't a, a, oh, we started off slow. Like, you can't do that against a team like Bama. Like, they were locked in. It's like the SEC championship game never happened. Mm-hmm. And I think Georgia fans got to feel good about where they're at right now. I would agree with that. I, I would agree with that. We'll get into the other semifinal game. Um, and and I guess also just piggybacking off that, we'll start with, with Bama loses. Bama wins the game. They lose. Uh, a few more players. That's another reason why Georgia should be very confident going into Indianapolis. So, um, all right. So the first game of the day uh, was Bama Cincinnati. I was, I was excited. I was very nervous. Um, I just felt like if they could take the run away and it was going to be a hard day for Jamison Williams. And I worried that that offense and that passing game would look a lot like it did in the iron bowl, which was when Jamison went out, you have after he goes out the 30 there's 36 pass attempts in the rest of that game including overtime 26 of the targets were to John Mechie it was like very one dimensional type offense and i was worried that that's what was going to happen if bam and especially if it gets a team that had nothing to lose 
All that being said, didn't didn't fucking matter at all. Bama ran it down their throats from from start. Yeah, that was. I mean, Brian Robinson. You know, last time we saw him, he he didn't exactly look great. I don't know what happened over the last few weeks. He got healthy because he was he, he was hurt. Yeah, like more than healthy. Yeah. Um, that dude was a monster. Uh, mm-hmm. Career day for him, obviously, and it was like you said from the from the very first snap. You could tell that Cincinnati. Well, actually, I take that back. From the damn coin toss, when Evan Neal walked out there, he was huge. <laughs> even like, even against like Bryce Young, I was like, dude, Bryce looks like his like kid brother. Like he was the smallest person out there too, to be fair. Yeah, but like just Evan Neal, just a monster compared right. to these Cincinnati guys. I was like, oh god, and. um you could pretty much feel that from the snap, the first snap. I mean, it was right. total domination on the ground. It, I felt like, honestly, Bama played the game like, we'll just run this the ball 40 times, get out of here mm-hmm. with a victory, hopefully no injuries, which unfortunately for, for Bama, there were some pretty key ones. But they kind of knew, like, we're not going to have to show a ton on tape about what we're going to be doing in the next game. Even though, the, you know, they just played I Georgia, so I guess there is some on tape, but... Well, no, but so, but this is the one thing I was hoping for because, like, yeah, like I'm, I'm scared to go into this Georgia game of in terms of I thought they were going to lose by 14 the first time, and Georgia again has continued to get healthier, and Bama has not, and it's hard to, again to beat a team twice. I mean, think about this, man. First off, there's been four times I think I don't know when the date was, and a, and a friend told me this, so it could be wrong, that like where t- top five teams have had a rematch. Um, you know, at some point in the season or like at a bowl game, the previous four games, the team that lost the first game has won all four um, game twos, I guess. Right. Uh, the other side of that is I had heard all week that, that like, or like the weeks leading up to it, that the freshmen and young receivers were like practicing. They had looked really good um, and they were going to be heavily involved. And from jump, Bama was able to just run the ball down their throat. It, you know, you, like you talk about Brad Robinson, has 26 carries, 204 yards, no touchdowns, which kind of sucked. Um, but he also set a Bama like uh, bowl game record, which is they've played in a lot of bowls. And yeah. so that was pretty impressive. Um, you come out in the first series, you get the ball and you go right down the field, 10 straight running plays. And then capped off the 11th play on the drive, which is a touchdown. It was a, it was a pass to Slade Bolden. Things that I did not expect to see, Slade Bolden touchdown for one. And two, Brian Robinson, I guess, getting that many carries. Um, I mean, he had 17 for 134 in the first half. And and then you talk about you you end up giving the ball. Um, you, I mean, after the touchdown, right? You give the ball to Cincy. Cincy has a pretty good drive they put together, right? And then yeah. and, and they're able to, I think they had 60, they had 60 yards in the first drive. They ended up with 72 total in the first half. It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it felt like Saban wanted to set the tone from mm-hmm. like with all those consecutive runs. He was like, "You're just you're we're just bigger, stronger, faster, right. and we'll show that by just running the ball down your throat." Um, the it seemed like they had something on tape with Ritter because they kept b- batting his passes down. He had a couple that could have been, yeah. Uh, that first one was would have been a touchdown. And I, you know, I felt like it affected him, like. The chance where they had to, uh, you know, the one chance it felt like that they had to uh, score the touchdown. Like he had the receiver open and he threw it too too high, you know, essentially. Right. And it's because I felt like he was like, 
all game he'd been getting the shit bat down. I mean, mm-hmm. so um, just a great job again by the D line. Will Anderson again has a a monster day. He's just down. a beast. He's yeah. just a beast. I mean, that right tackle had no chance. No, he didn't. And and he honestly he kind of got off to a slow start, but the defense, like in general, I thought looked really good. Um, they held, they, hold on, I just had it in front of me. They held him to 218 total yards, which, yeah. you know, since he, I don't think it's not good like, in today's football. That's for sure. It's, it's definitely frowned upon. I'll say it. Um, Bama puts up over 300 yards rushing. Just, just like to finish off from like an objective standpoint and us doing our job talking about this game, was impressed with Cincy's season. Uh, thought they deserved to be there. Was impressed with the first drive, all that, all the above. Now let me get into the fan part of it, okay? Travis, that was, Kelsey, that was already demeaning. No, no, it was. I wasn't meant to be demeaning. I was impressed I, with your first drive. I mean, good. That was good. What else should I have been impressed with? What's up? Tell saying. me. <laughs> you, you tell me what I should have been impressed with. Um, no, it, like it's it's seventeen to six going into the uh, the fourth quarter. Jameson Williams is hurt at, at one point mm-hmm. because of a targeting call that was just blatantly not not whistled at yeah. all. Um, several. Several uh, times during this game, I wanted to go to Dallas and beat the shit out of one of Cincinnati's players, and mainly their special teams players. You see the kicker? Or oh, the, oh, the the punter. The punter was a, was a douchebag, but he was Australian. Yeah, so I kind of expected it. Yeah. He. Did what, you, you don't see, like Australian people? No, I just think they have a lot of swag for that position. Okay. Like Brad Wing, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't think I've seen a punter with that much. Um, I don't know. Pizzazz. He did the Conor McGregor walk after one of his punts. He did, and then told one of our players to get off the field afterwards. Was talking shit. <laughs> and he was like six, seven, one hundred and thirty pounds. He was he was built like every eighth grade Purdue um, center. Yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> like he's, he's he was he was built like somebody that either hit a growth spurt too early or was like, yeah, dude, this this kid once he fills his body out, like he's gonna be one of the top centers in Division two basketball. Yeah, and then he just never did. No, um, but and then it, the theatrics on the sideline too. At one point, he was like, "Ah," oh. because I think we muffed a punt, JoJo Earl, and he was like walking over to the fans and like, I mean, good for you, man. Enjoy the moment. <laughs> the kicker wearing eye black was honestly way more egregious. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say this too: even with Travis Kelsey, what he tweeted about Bama didn't show us much. They did what they had to do. Like, shut the fuck up. We ran for over three hundred yards. Um, <laughs> at, like at will. Trey Sanders had had uh, a decent day. I didn't have it in front of me. I think he like. Hold on, let me pull it up. 14 carries for 67 yards. Yeah. Probably. I mean, like that. I, I thought that they looked good. They were able to limit Bryce, and we still end up with three touchdowns um through the air. I've never seen, and I'm I'm sure that I'm embellishing this and I'm being a prisoner of the moment, and especially because it's my my team they're playing. I don't know the last time I've seen a, a team get dominated this way and talk that much shit. Yeah, I I, I didn't really notice that as a non-Bama fan. You know, Jeff watched the game with me. He didn't either. So you guys are probably right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tweeted it. A lot of Bama fans liked it. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. It, it did, but like... I it, yeah, I always feel game, that way when my team plays, though. That's fair. Um, it, late in the game, there was like... They had one of their defensive backs like hit Jameson. Uh, they ripped his helmet off, all that kind of shit. And I was just kind of like, this is... I just thought it was kind of weak on that part. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, sometimes you get those... Smaller, I guess it's not that a small school, but you get um, an inferior opponent that they try to play those mental games, like get you out of your game by 
fucking around mentally, I guess, but that, that clearly doesn't work against Bama. No, they also had very little to be proud of in that game. So I think yeah. it was, um, it was fun. It was funny just watching that part of it. And that's, that's like, I didn't really wish any ill will towards them. Um, it wasn't like a, a lot of times before the game, I'll say like, you know, fuck these motherfuckers <laughs> out loud. And almost every time I do it, people are uncomfortable, which is yeah. with good reason. Um, until that kid pulled that move and was like walking on the side, like they, they were talking shit, like after, you know, first downs and stuff like that in like the fourth and we're up by like three scores. Then I was like, let's, let's just take their fucking will. Yeah. So that was great. I will say as a casual fan, um, and I think it's more of a testament to the other bowls this season and especially some of these bigger bowls been mm-hmm. fantastic as a, and I say casual fan, meaning I'm not a fan of either school or any of the schools in the playoff game. It you was definitely di- football, right? if it was yeah. yeah, it was definitely a disappointing playoff. Like those two games were disappointing to watch. Like just as they seemed over, like inevitable with mm-hmm. after the first quarter. Yeah, I don't. And like again, it's like we we want to expand the playoffs. Some people think it, it would be worse. Some people think it'd be better. Some people we're going to get a lot this- of that if it expands for sure. But you're already getting it now. So if you're already getting it now, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I still say, I don't think the sport itself is failing. I don't well, I think mean, that, think about some of these other games. The Ohio State, um, that was awesome. You talk the even the, the Sugar Bowl last night was incredible. Um, the, like, the Music City Bowl, Tennessee. Yes. Um, even the Notre Dame Oklahoma State game that Kentucky was insane. And, uh, in Iowa. Like, in those, so like those games that were leading up to the playoff games and, and yesterday. Like those would be actual playoff games if they had mm-hmm. expanded to twelve teams or whatever it would be. I mean, think about how awesome that would be. Like, right. So, but I just feel like we've talked about this a ton. But when you recruit at the level, and it seems like A and M is going to get there now. I mean, yeah. If Jimbo surrounds himself with the right staff, coaching wise, because they just they just landed it again now today at um, the Under Armour game. They just landed the number one linebacker. They have the they have the best class of all time. Do they really ranked wise? Son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, it it was stupid. Um, stupid the amount of talent they brought in. It just seems as though if you're not going to be able to recruit at that level, and if you're going to recruit at that level, you got to be all in. Every resource that your school Mm -hmm. has goes into recruiting. The that's how games against Bama and um, Georgia and maybe a and coming up are just going to be. I, I just feel that way. Yeah, and I, I also feel like, too, it's it's uh, it's a testament to a couple of things. One, I think the playoff, I don't think it's broken. I don't think the sport is suffering or anything like that. I think you you still had – I haven't seen the numbers on it, but it seemed like it was if – you, if you're able to have 42 bowls before COVID, you're probably – you're at least making money, right? There's there's yeah. a reason they're, they're putting all those out there. Um, at the same time, I, I think that, it, like – it would have been interesting to see some of these games if they were playoffs. I, I love the idea of having like those, those um, I don't know if the setup of having the first four teams get a buy is great, but having like the first round of games be at home is awesome. I think that would be, mm-hmm. that'd be really cool. Oh, yeah. um, that being said, like you, you also talk about, I forgot the total amount of games now, but if, if it's been happening since 2014, um, I believe that's eight years, right. Of the playoff. And so that that's, that's 16 yeah. Uh, 16 games you've had you had a, a blowouts of I think an average of like it was 18 points coming into the game and then you have these these two scores yeah. so it ends up that number even goes up you have I think 12 of those games were which is two-thirds right you have 12 of those games that were decided by 20 or more points and only four that were by uh, seven points or less 
Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, it's when it was the BCS, it was just the top two teams. You get a lot closer games because that's what you're mm-hmm. going to get in this game. I mean, you're you're not going to get presumably a game where one of these teams wins thirty-five to six, right? You know, like so. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I guess expanding would help at least with some of the other games. You're still probably going to get those one and two seeds, even though Georgia was not the two seed. They were still definitely the second best team, probably the number one team as far as so um you'll still probably get that but it, at least you get more exciting playoff games if you expand but yeah um, and what, i'll say this too if you expand the playoff and you talk about like like if i don't have it in front of me but i know we posted before that 12 team playoff of what it would have been this year in the proposed model they had from the summer it would have been stuff like i'm trying to think who like utah maybe or oregon would have been playing uh, Georgia in the first round or something like that. It, it would have been a lot of fun. And I'll tell you, if Bama doesn't get the number one overall seed or if they don't get a first round bye, I, I think that there will be way more parity. Maybe not at the top, maybe not like in your first four teams, but like, you know, it, it'll take away from some of the regular season. Maybe I don't know. And the in the conference championships, I'm sure something will there will have to be some sort of negative reaction to this this action. But at the same time, I mean, how many times has Bama gone undefeated for an entire season or even like? If, if you're trying to have more parity and, and that seems to be like the team that has done the most disservice to that, it, it would, yep. I think that the more you extend a season, the, the harder it is to, to have like a team like that go undefeated and win. I also have kind of done a 180 on this and I was having an argument with one of the people that I had over for the games is that's fun. Yeah. Well, a fun argument is he was like, there, there's just no way that if you, if you expand the playoffs, it ruins what's great about college football, which is the regular season. You have to win every week. Mm-hmm. And I've been on that train for a long time. But but now when I think about it, it's like, you know what? If you can afford to lose two games, mm-hmm. you're going to get those schools scheduling better matchups. You're mm-hmm. not going to see Alabama versus Furman or, you know, Florida State versus happens, South Carolina State. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to get... Florida State versus Bama. And that's why I think we talked about this though. I think that's why you're starting to see like Florida State has scheduled LSU, Georgia, and Alabama yeah. over the next six years. Seems like a terrible mistake based on where we're at today. But right. maybe they knew maybe it was coming. The coaches had to. Yeah. And our admin's very dumb. So maybe it was just blind luck. But I think that people are, are across the sport are expecting expanding. And so mm-hmm. they're willing to have these big games. So it actually might make the regular season even better. Because right. it's not like you're going to be able to lose three or four games. I mean, you're still going to have to be 10 and two. Right. Yeah, I agree with I that. Mean, I mean, like, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, I think that it's, you're not going to see, we, we joked about it on Twitter and stuff like that, just being obnoxious, but you know, like you, you're going to get three and four SEC teams and you're not, I mean, you're just not. And and so I think, I think you're right. I don't think you see as many bowl opt-outs um, from that standpoint as well. I think there's a lot of plus sides to it. Um I will say, and we'll get more into this on the the episode tomorrow uh, with the the bowl opt outs and what happened with Corral, but it's like there's so many contentious arguments. I feel like that we get into as college football fans about like what's the best thing for the sport and what what's you know right and wrong and all that kind of stuff. And I'd say what man, every single year, like I like some of the the games early on weren't great, right? Like maybe some people don't think we should have that many bowls. And it doesn't mean as much. Like I know Canal, we love him to death, but he he was on that on that uh, train. At the same time, 
I love having a fucking Tuesday on the December 27th and at 11 a.m. I can, I've been up for hours, obviously, because that's, I'm a responsible adult. Um, right. And, but I would, you know, theoretically roll out of bed and I've got fucking Eastern Michigan uh, and what's his name? Garrett Broback or whatever that fucking kid was, the quarterback there from last year. Um, but Brogan I mean, Eastern Michigan, yeah. Eastern <laughs> Michigan and like, you know, that, like Colorado on, you know what I mean? So I, I think yeah. there's a lot of positives for that. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I think Canel probably is going to walk back that opinion soon. He kind of does a little already. bit. <laughs> Saves me a little bit negative. Um, well, I think, I think, and we will get into it more. But you know, him and then the Herb Street clip went viral. I think the the older generation that's even not that old; they're in their forties. They just don't really. They they're not. The game didn't make that much money when they played. And Not so when it when it becomes and it's that's where people get pissed at Herb Street. It's like, yeah, you're saying this because ESPN owns the rights to all these bowls. So and you then, want these kids to play because it makes you more money. They want to sit out because they don't want to lose out on money themselves. Like mm-hmm. you don't see the irony there. And and so I get why people are mad at Herb Street, but I also understand where guys like Canal and Herb Street are coming from. It's like back in the day, like none of none of we none of us would have done this. And I don't know. I guess Canell's opinion is it was because there used to be less bulls, so the ones that you got to were it meant more, and people wouldn't want to. Yeah. So I you're get. I get eleven games in a season, and you were you know you didn't have as many conference championship games, and and that was all still a novelty. I mean, right. like it's it's one of those things like you can't put you can't put everything back in the box once you've you've kind of opened it to where we are now. So I I after watching Corral, and again we'll get more into it this week. He is from what we. have First heard, he's healthy. And Sounds like a sprain, it, yeah. Right. But like that, I, I said it after, I forgot what episode, but I was pretty um, indignant about it, which was like, you built a billion dollar industry on the backs of these kids playing the most dangerous sport in the world. And besides shark wrestling. And if you guys haven't seen that, definitely check it out on YouTube. Um, but like you've, you've built this entire industry based off that and these 18 year old, 21 year old kids how much, how much money has been lost over the years? I'll never feel bad for these kids or, or be mad at these kids for opting out. If it happened to a Bama player and it was in a big bowl game, sure, maybe so. But other than that, no. Do you think we'll ever get to the point where you see people opting out of playoff games? No, absolutely not. Because there's, so there's so much to gain. Like, like, not Dalvin, but James Cook finally, it seemed like, got on people's radar on a national level. And it was like, mm-hmm. where the fuck have y'all been? Like, I, I mean, Trayvon Walker. But maybe not a guy, a guy like him, but um, what if it's a no doubt first round uh, for number one overall quarterback and he's like yeah i mean it'd be nice to win a championship but i've I, if i tear my acl I, i'll lose out on millions and i'd rather have that yeah i don't I don't think we'll see that just because the nature of of the sport is still about competition and if you've worked that hard the entire season yeah. so, like would it, if it was jt daniels and it was like <laughs> you know what I mean? like for real like if, yeah. if he was he'll be taken higher in the draft than than setson who knows I mean, you know the, the way that like everybody in the saban tree runs the program where everything like everything goes to the head coach you know you, you everything stays within these walls who knows what the story is there he may have himself been like i don't want to get injured for the draft i'm just gonna the say the story I'm is the fact that the kid stetson bennett has put up a phenomenal season and he's, he's taken him to a national championship in my opinion yeah, but he but, but I mean with all it seems like JT's always hurt. Like he's never practicing. Yeah. I, I mean, I would I agree with that. I don't it's know, soft. who knows. I'm just making up shit now, but 
Yeah, maybe don't do that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I can see that. All right. Um, anything else on these two games? No, man. Um, you know, as much as probably most of the countries like, oh, you know, of course, this is the rematch. I think this is the team. This is the game that everybody wants to see. People want to see if Georgia can finally do it. If um, you can't, I guess you can't say after Jimbo beat Saban that, you know, an assistant can finally beat him. But I think Georgia, I talked to a couple of Georgia fans um, that were over here and they all want to play Alabama because while it would be nice to beat Cincinnati, they want to get that monkey off the back. And they're, I think they're still confident enough in their team to do it. There's not a better opportunity they are ever going to get when Saban's there than they are going to this upcoming Monday. It's, and I'm not making excuses for Bama, but with the injuries and with with how good this Georgia team is, I should have started there. With how good this Georgia team is, there's not a better opportunity they're going to get. Yeah, I agree. So a couple injuries to watch for Bama. You know, um, Okior went out, obviously, uh, which Ooh. is a, one of the guards. Chris Owens went out late in that game. Obviously, Mechie's going to be out. And got um, Job. Yeah, so it's... it's He's two freshman quarterbacks, by the way. The good news is I don't I think I'd be more concerned with Bowers and the running backs than I would some of the receivers that Georgia has personally. Yeah. Like if you had to choose one, I'd rather I don't know. We'll see. When we shut down Bowers so well the first game, so it's like who even cares, right? Like it's like <laughs> I mean he barely did anything at all. Um That dude no, is, I, agree. I can't believe he's a true freshman. I can't believe that he's from Napa Valley still. Right. You know that his parents would be like, God damn it, we had, oh, excuse my language, but we, you know they had to be like, mm. you want to play football? No, yeah. no, just put your sweater back on your shoulders. Yeah, we have a family business to run. Right. Get out there That's, and crush some grapes. Yeah. <laughs> I love Lucy style. <laughs> That's good. All right. Um, we have another little uh, segment coming up here with Dan Matthews, uh, our producer, who's, who's the best. We might have a couple announcements. Tyler, I mean, you turn me down every time I try to hang out with you and watch football, every time I try to. Try to go to a that, game. I wanted to watch the championship with you, but it sounds like you're going. So they mean maybe there's a possibility you can go. Well, if that's the case, maybe we'll live we'll stream talk about it the game. Sure, that's illegal. Yeah. We'll um, see. Okay. Well, hey, thanks for listening. And here's Yellowstone. All right, we are now joined. Um, we haven't done this segment in a minute. I, I think since the season premiere, uh, from our with our producer Dan Matthews with one T, uh, who is I wish you guys could see this, just fully decked out. Um, mm-hmm. In so you you describe to the listeners what we're wearing now. All right, so let's start with the uh, zip up here. I got to my uh, Fort Worth Stockyards zip Love up it. here. That kind of. Looks a little bit like you see uh, John and and Rip and everybody mm-hmm. on the uh, Yellowstone Dutton Ranch wearing, but this one says Fort York, uh, Fort Worth Stockyards. I got my uh, black Stetson, uh, which is oh, it's a Stetson uh, a, too. Uh, actually, yeah, yeah. So uh, it uh, is uh, one, and uh, I got some uh, sunglasses on to kind of try to pass off as either uh, John or Rip. I don't quite have the facial hair as right. Rip, and I've probably got too much of a double chin to be John. So, um, you know, we'll just have to uh, settle for me uh, looking like uh, I, I somewhat know what I'm doing wearing you Western do. wear. You look the part. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. So, like, here's the thing, too, is we're going to get into this, so I, I don't want to, like, you know, uh, go over the lead and jump right to it. But Jimmy mm-hmm. had a line tonight of uh, there's nothing but cows and cowboys 
as far as the horizon can see in Texas. Mm -hmm. Jimmy, like four of the most major cities in the United States are in Texas. Wait, of like millions. Yeah, millions of plus people. Of you've got Houston. San Antonio is like the like eighth largest city in the country. Uh, I, I think it's up. San Antonio is way up there. Yeah, I it thought is. San Antonio was just like Texas Savannah. Like it's like no. everyone talks about you should go to Savannah. You should go to uh, San Antonio. It's like there's San a Antonio. fucking river walk and that's about it. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 actually, the river walk, you, you can do all that in one day. Plus, the right. river walk is a, it's a little bit of a tourist trap. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that the San Antonio, you know, visitors bureau is going to be like, Dan, what are you doing to us, man? They know uh, you but, that well. Yeah, I, I mean, if they do, I, I guess they'll reach out. Austin is growing like crazy. Mm-hmm. And then Dallas is large. And then you factor in Fort Worth. So, yeah, there's, ma- there's major cities in the, in, in the state of Texas. Like where he yeah, was, you can't include yeah. Dallas and Fort Worth as two separate cities. I, but I know yeah, you're oh, saying, yeah, they are, they are oh, major, they are major, huge cities. They're, they're very much like, like I was just in Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. Fort Lauderdale is different than Miami. Now they're in yeah. the same metro area. It's kind of the same deal. But I mean, it's just like what Fort Lauderdale is to Miami and Dallas is to Fort sure. Worth. So yeah, yeah. But I will say this the, the Four Sixes Ranch, I did look it up. It is real. It really is owned by Taylor Sheridan, the creator of the show. Uh, really? They're on Instagram. Yeah, they're on Instagram. You can find them. Yeah. So this like, guy is it's- like, he, so we found out like, and he's, he's like the young, well, he's not, I guess, I don't know if he's young, but he's the one who's always selling these fucking cattle mm-hmm. and these horses and rodeo yeah, stuff. Yeah. And it, it, like part of a show that really, I don't understand what the point of it is yet because for the most part, like, I, like, I think it's going to be like to make sure the place is solvent, right? Like they're going to be able to have like money. Yeah, I think it's how you use that it. word. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not great with finances, oh, but no. either way. Right, right. No, I mean, they're trying to find ways, I mean, to be able to have as much money coming into the ranch as possible. So, right. yeah, he wants cutting horses. He wants roping horses. He wants racing horses. Because remember, at the beginning of the season, they talked about when he was there doing his little tricks with his horses. And he's talking with Teeter about being from Texarkana. She's from the Arkansas side. Don't you tell people you're from Texas, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, and what was it uh, that somebody had made or or maybe even uh, John brought it up to him of yeah you just uh, you just won at Kentucky didn't you uh, so right. yeah yeah so okay, that's go. a good point but so but like the but that guy ends up being the creator I didn't know that and, and you kind of mm-hmm. there's so many more peaks behind the the curtain here in the season especially with like just like even the commercials um, yeah and also I just said this to Connor but shout out to the polo commercial that has run almost every episode that has the I know I caught that two weeks ago yeah how about that I I, I was like I was like whoa hey watch out there all we got was the Myrtle Beach fucking Myrtle Beach uh visitors bureau and like some eyeglass I don't think it even was Warby Parker so that's they they won up this on that as well that was that was great I was gonna say I, I guess like our our Saturday down south family of podcasts uh, the music will eventually be found somewhere else too, because I remembered mm-hmm. watching the all-star game this year and the music that we had for Saturday's live forever with Matt Hayes. Yeah. They used it for like an major league baseball players promo of like, Hey, how great our players on, uh, you know, uh, so we, we love our players so much that we're about to lock them out. So right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, here we go. What a, what a game we have here. <laughs> I think uh, it, it's, I mean, it's just something that we're at least picking up the right ones. Um, Cause and thank God we had somebody else pick that out for ours because I though I picked out several at the time. I remember, you know, Allie and I were were uh, together. So I was like showing some to her and that every single one I picked out was like, no, absolutely not. Um, and I think Tyler actually picked out the one we had. So um, anyway, yeah, that being said, so let's, let's get into the, uh, the episode and we haven't done this. We should have been doing this for most of the year, but it's like just the way we record is usually Sunday night. 
Um, and I think, you know, you're usually tired because you work so much in general and you're just always grinding. I always just want to end up watching the actual episode after Tyler and I recorded at 30. Um, right. cause he doesn't, he doesn't watch the show. He's trying to get into it, but it's like, it honestly, it's a, and if you haven't started the show, I don't know why you'd be listening to this segment, but at the same time, sure. we appreciate it. And, and it's a very mm-hmm. digestible show to get into. It's like every season oh. is eight to 10 episodes. Good. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I'm, I'm agreeing with you 100%. And this is the perfect, I don't even want to get us into this mental headspace, mm-hmm. but we're about to be post-football. I know. I, I mean, I, I, I under, yeah, exactly, exactly. We're, we're going to have to watch Super Tuesday college basketball and do all yeah. that. And then, you know, finally we get a little bit of the scratch the itch once we get to a spring football, but then the abyss again. But I'm saying that when you get to that point, just set aside a time. Maybe you and the missus go out for a nice dinner on Friday night and you've got a sitter or Mm -hmm. the little ones at somebody else's house. Four or five episodes, you can very easily knock it out then. Then crack it with, you know, an episode or two a night. And I'm telling you right now, this is the type of show for all of you out there who are novices or have not yet gotten into Yellowstone you will be hooked. You will be hooked. Dude, it, and it's it, going it, to, it's going to be like when we were younger, like when you got call of duty and you had the mm-hmm. athletes course off season workout the next morning and you looked up at the clock and saw, Oh my God, it's 4am. I got to be yeah. up in two hours and, and, and go do bungee runs and all of this. It's going to be oh, awesome God, when you were 13. Runs. Yeah. When, when you're like 13, 14 years old, it wasn't that tough. If I had to do that now, I'd be dead. Okay. So what I was going to say was you bring up the call of duty thing. I remember several times when I would have, like, I would headline shows and I would, it's like 10, actually, I guess, yeah, I've been doing it 10 years. So probably like 2011, 2012, when I first started doing, I had no business headlining shows, but I'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna do 45 to an hour. And I would, I don't know. It, mm-hmm. it could not have been great. Um, yeah. it's how new I was to it, but like I would, I would sit down and I would take my, my Adderall with my 80, ADD medication, which I'm prescribed to just, just so like, it shouldn't be a surprise right, to anybody. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. But I would like sit down and like, I would be like, you know, I'm gonna play a couple of games. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a couple of games and see, and wait till it kicks in. And the next thing you know, it's like, I'm an hour and a half, two hours into call of duty only. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I haven't done anything for this fucking show. Um, it is, it is like, you'll, you'll start watching it. I remember Allie and I started watching it at the time and like besides i'm trying to think of a, a, a good example like doja cat would be probably one example maybe cincinnati there are a few people that have had a, this big of a glow up over the past two years as fucking the state of montana it, oh, it yeah. is it is incredible like i mean yeah. like everyone wants to be, like be involved in some sort of way with the state um there's like, there's multiple shows now too like big sky which is mm-hmm. pretty fucking far-fetched and terrible but um yellowstone we started we sat down and started watching it and it was like we were hooked immediately. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. No, it's amazing. I mean, it's the scenery, which uh, mm-hmm. I, I hope, uh, again, you know, a, a visitors and convention bureau doesn't come at me. But if I'm not mistaken, isn't a good amount of the show filmed in Park City, Utah? I have no idea. I'm surprised I it's not filmed I, in Atlanta because everything else is. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it's a little hard to make Atlanta have the uh, Western landscape that yeah. uh, obviously Stone Montana is not as, nah. not as cool. Yeah. Yep. That'd be a little tough. I mean, if you're trying to do it like up in LJ or like somewhere like that, probably, probably not going to be able to happen now, like justified or something like that. You Mm -hmm. probably could, which was another good show, by the way. I Uh, I never got into it, but I heard nothing but great things. Oh yeah. No, Walt Goggins and uh, the uh, uh, Hollywood's asshole, uh, Timothy Oliphant. You ever notice that? that? Like Timothy Oliphant, like he never played, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you'll know who I'm talking about as soon as you see him. Like, he always plays an asshole. Like, it, 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 that is his complete typecast. Like, I guarantee you when he gets a call from his agent or from the booking manager or whoever it is, it's a, yeah, hey, it's Timothy. Oh, you need an asshole. Okay, I'll be there on Monday. Okay, hold on. The only thing I recognize this guy from, and this is, I, this is maybe this is going to sound really dumb. If you guys don't know who this person is, he was the other salesman in the office because I know we have a lot of office viewers uh, in our in our um, listenership. It was the guy who was like the hot. It was Danny Cordray, the hot ass salesman that they tried to seduce into coming over. And Dwight had that whole thing about it. he's like, yeah. So he's like, follow my lead. He's like, so that's why I told her. I said, she's that's the biggest penis I've ever seen. That's why I brought you to the penis museum where tickets are a thousand dollars. Anyway, that guy and he was also in what was the fucking show uh, or the movie. Like the girl next door, or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. I he, thought that he, this was Josh Jumel this entire time. <laughs> no, so I'm an no. Idiot. He's been. I want to say, uh, wasn't he one of the killers in like the Scream franchise or something like that? Oh, you're right. Say, he was. Yeah, I think he Not was the first and, one. And then uh, what was it? Uh, what, what was like the newest incarnation of them trying to get Die Hard going again? Of hey, we're I gonna do that. Die. We're, we're, we're going to do Die Hard, but we're going to make it PG-13. It's like, you can't make it PG-13. No. The whole like the whole, point, the whole point is John McClane being able to say yippee-ki-yay-mf-er and actually go through with saying it. So, right. Yeah, he was. I'm looking at it right of, now. He's got a man apart. Was like, like he, had a, a, he was bigger in the 2000s, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Gone in 60 Seconds. He was the other, uh, F, or the other like, cop or whatever. In whatever godforsaken town they were in, that was just always at dusk and and just the most burnt orange sky you could ever imagine. Um, and then probably, I'm Bar- trying- probably Barstow, California. Probably, probably yes. I, he screamed too. Yeah, screamed too. You're right. That's right. He was in First Wives Club. We'll get into that another time. That's a fantastic movie. That you know, it's not it's not on the same as Yellowstone though. So we'll um, I'll continue right. to put on this facade of being tough uh, and manly because all right. So getting into the season, Yellowstone again. There's gonna be a lot of spoilers here because we're going over the full season finale. We started at the beginning. This is the other episode we did talking about this, which was the the premiere episode. Which I, mm-hmm. it, it was almost like my buddy Jeff made this point. I've mentioned him way too much on this fucking episode. Um, that it was like Saving Private Ryan. You get right fucking into the action. It's it's mm-hmm. it's crazy. There's like it's hectic. Oh, so many things are happening. Um, I kind of thought they were setting the tone for the whole season because everything had been kind of boiling, um, like, you know, coming to a head, I think over the past, like several years or several, you know, at least from season three. And then all of a sudden it just, after the first episode, everything just kind of evens out, right? It just gets super slow. There's a lot of other mm-hmm. storylines, all sorts of shit times where you think things are going to escalate. They don't like really the biggest action packed scenes outside of episode one was probably the fucking shootout at the diner. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, which, like, that was the thing, though, too, is, like, I even had to ask somebody, because don't you love, which, number one, I don't go to social media, because then I know I'm going to piss off some Tennessee right. fan. Oh, wait, you already did that today. Um, <laughs> but, yesterday. you know, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, they're coming after you thick, man, and I hope those DMs filled up for those uh, for those stickers. Oh. But, um, but I mean, you know, it's one of those, you don't want to go to social media, because then you're going to have people who then haven't watched it. Well, it's Thursday. You should have watched it by now. Um, But, you know, if you know people at the office, that's what the office is also good for, is being able to, hey, you watched it, right? Yeah, I watched it. All right. What was the deal? Like, why did John and Rip go to that diner? And then they go and then Rip is just like, hey, 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 nobody's talking in there. Nobody's even moved. 
But they were, a lot of times we watch the show too. I'm I'm like putting together shit for, like to send to you or my ADD is mm-hmm. kicked in because it's late on like Sunday. And, and I'm like, so like I'll, I'll miss some key parts because it is a show where you don't have to pay attention to everything, but there are a lot of parts. Dan does a really good job at this work. You, you pick up on fucking everything. Like where I'm constantly having to re, like rewind and shit like that. But yeah, uh-huh. you're right. He comes back out. I was like, wait, is somebody going to attack John Rip? But it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. They end up being like the heroes. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, so that's the thing. I mean, which that's Rip's thing. I mean, he's supposed to be streetwise. He's supposed right. to know these things and, and and pick up, you know, because he's John's protector. So mm-hmm. uh, that's that, that's that's huge. Uh, but um, but yeah, I mean, that part, uh, you're exactly right. I, I, I kind of felt like and I know we're going to dive into tonight's episode, the vision quest thing with Casey tonight. It was kind of like that could have been two or three scenes less. It could have been and not in the finale. I think the, the only thing it added to the episode was, and you talked about this early on, me and you like off air and, and like, you know, um, about the show in general. I was like, we had heard rumors that there was possibly going to be a situation where like Casey, like there was rumors on the internet that Casey was going to get killed off. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Um, thank God right. it didn't happen. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, spoiler alert again, it did not happen. Um, but yeah, like, like I was like, if he, I swear to God, if he gets fucking eaten by like a wolf or something, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to lose it. Cause like, that would just be such a shitty way to kill off. Like one of the best characters that everyone loves. Right. Well, the mean, women, just, the women would be devastated. I would be devastated. To yeah, be I was going to say, he's, 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 he's a good looking man. He's incredible looking. Um, that being said, so we, we, we watched that whole part. It's, I don't know what the point of it was. It's he's like in this teeter totter of going back and forth between like the native American, uh, people on the on the show versus I, I don't know like where his family would be like, we don't even have to get into it i forgot about his brother yeah that was that part was somewhat interesting because was that was that episode one of the whole series i think so yeah because yeah. i mean i i, I want to say it was uh i think it was like a dispute over cattle or something or it was it was one of their probably let's be honest overstepping being livestock agents Mm-hmm. And you're probably not supposed to use force as livestock agents. Um, right. And, and, and that's the thing is they used their power to their benefit and it came back to bite them. Cause that was the thing. Like, as soon as I saw him, I was like, who is this guy? Right. And then I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Now I remember who this guy is. Um, yeah. it, and it, like, it, it wasn't like a huge part of it. really wasn't, he wasn't ever a big part of the, the, they didn't really reference him that much even after he was killed off. So mm-hmm. The biggest part of this episode, I thought, was going into it. Like you have this, you have this weird fucking storyline with this attractive blonde from California. That, which, from my experience, in most cases of attractive blondes from the West Coast, they will somehow ruin your life. And this girl somewhat <laughs> tries to do that, where she ends up like hooking up with 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 John, and and Beth has this very weird protective jealousy over him, which I was yeah. like. I texted you when it happened. I was like, and I don't know if you guys remember this episode, but I remember saying it to you. And I was like, is she going to fuck her dad? Or is this like a weird <laughs> thing? No, like, it's not. It's not. It's not uh, Jimmy Darmody from uh, Boardwalk Empire as a woman. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Anyway. So, but I was like, like, you know, she ends up, there's this. Prepare weird... yourself. If you don't know what I'm talking about, if you go back and watch Boardwalk Empire, but continue, I'm sorry. The reference I was going to make was way less PG than that. So I'm glad you said something. Um, mm. No, but it was like, it, it was, it was interesting because you didn't think she was gonna be that big of a part of it and then she ends up getting like she's gonna be sentenced because she pushed somebody or some shit this whole mm. backstory line that again is not that important but dutton has like a soft spot for her, um, oh yeah 
and apparently a hard spot for her too, which I'm not going to get into, but again, they have sex. <laughs> so, so then he like, which she confirmed a, by the way. Yeah, she did. She did. Yeah. Um, but like they, that happens. And then Beth, Beth ends up like her and, and her dad have this falling out. So the entire episode, really the premise of it is her trying to earn her keep. Right. Or like prove, Oh, like was she trying to earn her keep or was she trying to do what she thought was best for her actual dad? Just because. Well, both. I mean, she absolutely was. And that was the thing that you kind of thought she was going to be disarmed when she Mm -hmm. goes in kind of not groveling, but like goes in while John's asleep and, and, you know, do I need to leave? And he's no, this is your home. Uh, You know, but in the episode before that was not his attitude at all. No, no. And that's when she, cause that was the thing though, too, is like, for those of you that don't know Walker, Ryan Bingham, uh, they've had a couple of his songs on the show. He is a singer, as you've seen in the uh, commercial for Ranchwater, who, by the way, too, name drop here. Uh, my good buddy from uh, uh, growing up in uh, Bel Air, Texas, Tyler Brown's wife created Ranchwater, that brand. That I don't want you to brand. tell him this, but that every time I hate ranch dressing and every time mm-hmm. I fucking hear they might as well be saying like blue cheese water. I'm like, that's disgusting. That's fucking. Oh no, no, it's, it's into the seltzer world. It's not as fruity as the other seltzers. I highly recommend it. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It's now no free ads. No free ads. Yeah, exactly. No free ads. Just, you know, just uh, talking about for, uh, for Tyler, but, but like, I, I I love, I I love uh, Ryan Bingham himself as a singer, South side of heaven. Tremendous you know song. that he, that was even him until like three episodes mm-hmm. ago. I was blown away. I, oh yeah, dude. I thought I thought that that was that I knew that song, and it was like this deep cut situation that no one else knew about. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, dude, you I thought like, it was I, an old I'm, man. Dude, I, I heard that in 2013 when I was like going through yeah. some 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 shit. Shocker, oh, yeah. right? And I was like, yeah, man, this song's great. Like, because somebody came on into Red Door when I used to barge in there in Buckhead, mm-hmm. and and that whole crowd was like older, gross, like, oh, yeah. drunks, and and he put it on. I was like, man, this is a great song. No one, mm-hmm. no one's probably heard of it. And then I remember somebody told me it was it was Robert. Robert this is one of my good buddies, Robert St. James, one of our listeners. He was like. He's like, yeah, I've been telling you that for fucking ever. It's I've, yeah. the whole CD is great, and everyone knows that song. So I get on Spotify. He has like forty-two fucking million downloads. Oh. I was like, this sucks, dude. Dude, that I mean, uh, they used his song uh, "Sunrise" at mm-hmm. the beginning of an episode when uh, the uh, uh, the Bunkhouse Boys were uh, going out to go to work. Uh, "Hard Times" is another good song. I think they might have used it on the show, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, a lot of good music on there, to be honest. Well, that's that's Taylor Sheridan, man. I mean, okay. he's he's as Texas as Texas could be, and uh, he really likes the Texas music scene. So uh, that that's how uh, Shane Smith and the Saints got uh, got involved. So yeah, te- Texas country. We, we we could do one on that. Uh, hold on. Uh, hold on. I I'll tell you off air. Um, I just got got a text that kind of took uh, through me for a loop here in a very good way um anyway the song uh all i see is you was was like one of my favorites mm-hmm. um like from that season there's been and they you, you, they can you can tell they've put a uh a like a, more of a focus on that um this season uh than they have in like years past so it's, that's been kind of cool to watch like that whole thing evolve um anyway so back to the episode one i was worried beth was gonna fuck walker last episode because yes exactly and that's why like when rip when rip closed the door like i thought he was kind of like all right well i've gotten let down again 
Right. And, and that's the thing is that's where I was, you know, th- thanks for getting us back to that. Cause you know, I, I got so excited talking Ryan Bingham's music because <laughs> Walker, the character I hate, like, I think he right. is just I, I, like, it's kind of one of those, do you care or do you not? And then it's also as well, like that he would do something like that because he's just like, I don't really care about this place. Hmm. And he wants constant revenge over everyone. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So that would have been, that would have been a fucking awful, like, yeah, that, that would have been a very tough way to close out part of the season because they come so far with 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 Rip and, and Beth. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so then then you you have again another another one of the storylines is their, their fake child um, mm-hmm. that they found. I don't remember where, but just this like roughneck kid, and he was outside the hospital. Right, that's right. And so mm-hmm. he becomes like kind of a mainstay on the the season. And you brought it up how it's like basically Rip, like oh. it's like little Rip, right? But, but yeah. You were right. I was definitely wrong with this at the start of the year. I was probably just because of my upbringing, I'm pretty sensitive to the fact that like, he was the worst stepdad ever um, at first and was making him sleep in like the fucking, you know, uh, like shed or some shit like that. Yeah. They, they became like a family towards the end of the year. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it was the dinner. Uh, it was eating at the smaller table mm-hmm. instead of the, the large banquet table where everything got awkward and the kid could eat the cake with the steak, all that kind of stuff. Right. And, and what was it? The salad was good for the prostate, uh, all those different types of things. It was um, a lot of stuff he, going on that I was like, this is not going to end well. And you could just see, cause that's how that whole fucking like the, like Beth and Rip both are so self-destructive mm-hmm. and self-sabotaging. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing too, is I think like Rip finally realized, all right, this kid's earning his keep. He knows what he's got to do. I'll start to kind of let him in a little bit. He's teaching him how to, what was it? He was teaching him how to cinch something. I couldn't remember what it was. Maybe it right. was, um, uh, part of a saddle, uh, but I, I know what cinch things. means at all. You're out of your fucking mind. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I might've just thrown it in there and I might not have made <laughs> sense. So, uh, those, uh, th- those of our listeners, uh, out in the, uh, the, the Northwest or, or even in Wyoming are probably going to tell me that I'm completely wrong, but regardless, Just my ex's family. Um, now, oh, well, you know what? Screw them. If they told me I'm wrong, I don't. I don't care about them. Uh, but, uh, but no. I mean, like it, it's it's the complete same thing with Rip. Mm-hmm. Is remember he was sleeping in the not the bunkhouse in the barn. Uh, you know, it, it put put the damn sandwich down, right. son. You know, all that kind of stuff. So and yeah, you, you saw the kid also kind of get taken under the wing of of Dutton, which was kind of interesting as well. Like it right. was the biggest storyline, but it was it was enough of a storyline. I'd say, like for me, the best part of, of like, and you talk about the Walker part, which is he. It seemed like everyone kind of came around towards the end of the year, like where you didn't have a lot of enemies, like you didn't hate anybody besides Jamie mm-hmm. um, on the show, and then a couple of those other people. But like like Rourke gets killed off episode one in the best way ever. Then oh, then yeah. like you know, the, the bunkhouse seems to finally be somewhat on the same page. They're not like, like even walkers is somewhat helpful of, of Beth. What's that? Yeah, no. And that's the thing too, is I hope I'm not like jumping the gun here, but I mean, it almost didn't. What do you mean? With the bunkhouse. Oh yeah. With when the almost died. I mean, not only that, but I mean, I thought for sure uh, where, where Lloyd, when he went to the uh, pawn shop, I remembered yelling at the TV. Oh, yeah. I said, I said, Lloyd, don't you buy a gun. Right. Don't you buy, don't you buy a gun, Lloyd. I thought he was going to kill himself you, too. I, not himself. I thought he was going to probably pop Walker barrel racer number two. Oh, yeah. uh, cause I, cause I don't remember her name or just Walker. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, take, take his, his punishment, whatever he got. 
because you saw tonight, like what Lloyd has, has been from the beginning. I mean, he truly is boss number two. He, he truly is. He had a Go massive ahead. fall from grace. He had a massive fall from grace throughout the right. season. And there were so many times too, where like, maybe I'm just a fucking soft, um, P word. I don't know. But like every time I would like rip lit into him worse than anyone else. He was ostracized uh-huh. worse than anyone else. In the Buckhouse. He was punished worse than anyone else. And, and if you guys didn't see the middle middle episodes, I mean, to be fair, he did throw a knife at this guy's fucking heart. Right. Like it was like, it wasn't like he was not like deserving of some of the flack, but like <laughs> they ended up making him and Walker fight it out, which was, it seemed <laughs> awful. Um, it just, it seemed awful the whole time. Right. But then, but then this episode, because so many things happened, like where they they didn't leave you on a cliffhanger. They just were like not explained, right? Or they they mm-hmm. there were there wasn't any closure to it. So then this episode, when Beth all of a sudden, I didn't know you could even do this, dude. She made she's she made getting married seem so easy, which in my experience, <laughs> um, no. But it was like they, they had this moment. Where she she is like she's like I guess what's the best way to put it. Um, like reviving her role in the family and and kind of like becoming oh, yeah. like putting closing all, tying all the loose ends is what we end up finding out to like what she right. needed to feel like closure and before she did a couple of other things but they had right. this wedding and then what's his name becomes the fucking best man for rip right yeah right. yeah lloyd i mean because it was also too i mean you, you 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 saw what you knew from the beginning because remember at the very beginning of the show when Jimmy is just going through it, he's been branded. He's not sure why he's been branded. He's working on this ranch, which he's kind of, let's be honest here. He's been a screw up his entire life, uh, which yeah. he, even, he even talks about this, this season. And, and that's probably part of the reason why he went to the four six. It was not probably, it is the reason why he went to the right. four sixes is they even said, I'll be damned. You actually became a cowboy. Um, and, and Lloyd kind of looked after Jimmy. You know, I mean, yeah, because remember when Jimmy is like crying because he's either got rhabdo or I don't know what he's got, uh, which it's like a lower abdominal thing. And like from not knowing how to ride a horse, I guess, uh, is 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 what he had. And he's just hurting and and he's crying. And and, and what's his name, you know, goes up to him and is just like, man, there's 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 a lot of things a man's got to be able to swallow, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. And I remember when he said that Megan, my girlfriend, goes. I like him. I hope he sticks around. And then that was the thing is tonight, you know, he, he couldn't even face him at the end. He was so sad that Jimmy was leaving. Yeah. And that's, let's, let's get into that part. Cause that part, like there were so many times this season where he, where stuff was happening. And I was like, man, this kind of su- like this storyline isn't great. Right. It's, it's just mm-hmm. kind of like, it's just kind of, it almost seemed like filler. Oh, hold on. Boy. Um, it seemed like filler. And um, oh, this is Candler. Who's uh, uh what do you call it? Um, possibly taking me to the national championship. So I had, I had to answer this. Um, shout out Candler Cook, one of my uh, one of my favorite listeners, uh, and always will be after after possibly next week. Anyway, no, but like there was, seemed like there were so many different um, like storylines. It was like, why is this important? Does Jimmy have the biggest dick in the world? Is that why he is able to land some of these girls? Yes. And and then like he comes back and to see him, I don't know if he's all the way up the show, right? It seems like he probably is. Yeah, I mean, he might be. I mean, I, 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 I think that probably that, that's that's a good chance. Or, I mean, do they just continue the storyline back there, which it seems like most people on on social media hate. Right. Uh, shout out uh, John Pringle of uh, Southern Charm, the show on on uh, Bravo. Uh, I was in a fantasy him. football league with Austin. So, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so, you know, he posted on Instagram just about like the, the Jimmy storyline. I've seen other people too, who have been critical of the Jimmy storyline. I will get into And I'm glad that you opened the door for this. Screw barrel racer. Number one, like, like, screw her. That? like, Oh, the, blonde? the, 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 the brunette. Uh, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. I'm n- number two. Cause number two is just there. Cause of number one. Um, Fair. it's, it's your fault that Jimmy left. It's your fault. Because mm-hmm. if you had not given him the big pomp and circumstance speech about, I wanted the rodeo cowboy. I didn't want this. You don't and have to do he, this. Yeah, he gets back on the horse and he hurts his neck again and all that kind of stuff. And because remember, too, John Dutton, if nothing else, you violate his word. Right. You're, you're out. I mean, you're yeah. I mean, you're you're you're. You're Greg and meet the parents. You're outside the circle of trust. So in this case right here, he had told them, learn the rope, Jimmy. I'm not paying for this shit twice. And then he came back. You broke your word, Jimmy. I, I, right. I got to make an example of you. So like and her she stood by him through all that shit, to be fair. Yeah. But she also fucking like, I, so I didn't even realize until tonight. Either. She, she threw a she, shit. She, she threw a shit fit at the end though, too. And she didn't even fucking work like, at the ranch. That's all you have. There. No, and that's exactly it. And she was part of the reason why the damn ranch almost got ripped apart. Well, right. her friend was for sleeping with Lloyd, and then, which was kind of weird. Um, I, it was weird, know. but it was also endearing, and it was a great job from the writers to sit there and be like, they give you this thing on a platter that you're like, this is awesome. Good for Lloyd. Lloyd's like 80. Right. It, Lloyd is roughly 93 years old, or he's 44. You can't tell because he's worked his entire fucking life out in the sun. Well, it's just right? like the guy tonight that said that he was 36. I'm like, right. damn, I... I, I I thought you were like in your fifties too. You look right. a lot older. Health, you know. Got him. Good thing. Good thing I don't uh, work on the Yellowstone Ranch. Otherwise, I'd probably look like I'm like sixty. Yeah, I mean, like they're all dead behind the eyes for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he he was dead everywhere. It seemed like, and then and then you know mm-hmm. they end up taking that away because she starts working with Walker, which you know just from a from an aesthetic standpoint is a much more attractive couple. But it was also like, why the fuck right. is she still there? But mm-hmm. she was at least working. The, the Jimmy's barrel race number one wasn't even fucking working there. We find out, which was stupid as hell. And, and that's the other part of it as well is it's just like, I thought y'all were giving your checks and you were sent on your way. Teeter included, which of course Teeter was able to come back and do her, you know, Oh, she's the best. I mean, of her, you know, sorry. And this is the only, only place I ever had, which it's just like, if you're trying to say that's a Texas accent, like stop. It's I don't not. think she is though. Um, right. Cause that's the, she's just white trash. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but like, it's like also though too, it's like, Oh, that's how Texans talk. It's like no. Well, she's it's from, not but even talk. earlier, she's from Ar- Texarkana, right? Well, yeah. I mean, she even said she's from Arkansas, so she's mm-hmm. from. Ar- I mean, like, like, what was it? Oh, it's funny. The stockyards, because they talked about going there with the four sixes, uh, and uh, which I, I guess on this they call it the Bosk Ranch. Which, right. by the way, too, that's that's the production company. You see it at the end. It's Bosk oh, Ranch yeah. Productions. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're yeah, way more perceptive about this show than I am. Oh, it's just I, I am I am every nook and cranny, not since the Sopranos, my brother. I hear you, man. But, but you know, again, so that they end up having one of the things that I like, you know, I enjoy, especially if it, at the end of a season, I hate shit like like you brought up the Sopranos, Sopranos, Seinfeld, name another show lost that has these like terrible. These are finale endings. Right. But also like when you're left with like a, a cliffhanger and you're like, fuck, man, like I'll go back to yeah. the office, like the episode where season two where Jim kisses Pam. And they come back and he's they he's like transferred to a whole other fucking, you know, uh, <laughs> branch. It's, it's just that, that kind of stuff I hate. And so it was they did a good job of, of kind of giving everyone their redeeming moment, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. And becoming because in the first episode, they're all fighting these 
people, contract killers, right? Mm-hmm. It's fucking mercenaries yeah. um, yep. that like are trying to like just kill them and, and ruin the entire fucking ranch. But at the same, that's like the only time we really see everyone united, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, it, was, I mean, it was cool to see that on this episode. Right. No, I mean, that, that's the thing, though, too, is like, I guess like part of me is like with the Jimmy storyline at the end is, you know, they're doing like the below deck lineup there, like when, right. when the primaries get off below the deck. deck. Of, it, it, that's what it looked like. It looked that's like when, like they, when they all do the lineup there of like, you know, hey, you know, our, our, our trip here in Turks and Caicos was just so amazing. Uh, here Here is a uh, employee troubles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or in some cases, it's like uh, with Captain Lee, I always love whenever he hands out the tips. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, we got $17,000, which works out to about so much for everybody. But that's exactly what it was. But I'm kind of thinking to myself, I'm like, Rip would not do this. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of it as well is when he like took him aside, I was like, Rip, if you become a softie, I'm gonna, I, oh. I like, that's like one of the moments right there where you're like, you're like, all right, like be the alpha male, like more right. often than not now, like if it's just like the, you know, Hey, you have corgis. I shouldn't listen to you about college football. The real thing somebody said to me yesterday. Today <laughs> oh, I, on Twitter. I know, I know, I know. That's, that's why, you know, because it's like, you know, that, that guy probably looks at himself as I'm a real man. I use my tape measure. Yeah. Uh, and but, I've never uh, said it. You heard me talk about first wives club earlier. I've never tried to make the statement that I'm a real no, man at all. No, Everyone knows that. Bro. Bro, you're talking to a guy right now who's probably dressing like somebody who tries to portray themselves as being an alpha on a daily basis. Fair. When, as I pointed out on Twitter earlier, I used to sing Ave Maria with my Weimariner just to be able to get her to howl along with the uh, the, the high parts of it. Which okay, I didn't see that tweet. Um, you Ave Maria, I'm assuming it's not the David Beastball uh, <laughs> version, which is a – he's a uh, Hispanic um, – He's like a deep cut uh, Enrique Iglesias. He's like Enrique Iglesias if he never made it to America. Okay. Um, which I'm, I'm, you know what? In hindsight, I wish I hadn't bring this up in the middle of us trying to justify why we're not manly men because I, it just further proves the point. Anyway, regardless. We're cr- now we're, we're, we're comfortable in our manhood. That's, Very that's true. what it is. Yeah. There it is. There it is. So, so all that happens, like you see, like we'll, we'll close with this, which was the biggest storyline that you see. And that is Beth goes to visit, they find out like, like, Backstory here, and I think everyone knows at this point. So Jamie is almost kind of like excommunicated from the family, right? He and we find out last year he's adopted, and his actual God, you know, um, what's the birth? I don't know what I was gonna say. God given, I, I just basically his birth father, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's his birth he ends father. up being like you know somebody comes along. It's the guy again from Gone in sixty seconds, uh, mm-hmm. and and Coach, what's his name from? Um, uh, yeah, it's from, Coach Yost. Coach Yost from from uh, yeah. Remember the Titans. So he, he plays this part. Dad. Right. Yeah. She was yeah. great in that. Um, so she, so he, he ends up being like Jamie's dad. There's a couple of storylines where you, you think that he's going to be in this, he, he breaks away from like the Duttons. Right. And he has mm-hmm. this other family. But then he finds out that his dad is the one that tried to orchestrate this entire killing of mm-hmm. the Duttons and everyone at that ranch. And they find out it's a, it's a guy he hired that was in prison. So Beth goes to see him on a fake conjugal visit. She looks fantastic by the way. Um, oh, yeah. And I thought she was going to kill him in the moment, but all she ends up doing is getting uh, information out of him. And she finds out it's Jamie. And then the last five minutes, this is what was fun, like, kind of like funny about it was I, I paused it because I was already well behind recording the other part of the podcast with Tyler. And he mm-hmm. has to work tomorrow. He's like, you know, he's waiting on me. So finally I'm like, okay, like I, I started the last five minutes. I'm, I'm texting you. And then I see 
Jamie's talking to his dad and you kind of have the feeling at first something's going to happen, but they end up seemingly smoothing things over. And he, it, it, the scene ends with him shooting him in the fucking head. Dude. Okay. So I pointed this out. Or did you have something else? I'm sorry. No, that was it. I just, I was like, yeah. I'm, my jaws dropped. I'm just a child. Oh, I know. So here's why I was in shock and it kind of freaked me out because the other night now the scene was different. They were like driving a truck, which he was driving it on like the British side, like what would be like our passenger side, which probably makes no sense. And he takes right. a couple of rounds. He takes a couple of rounds to the head. Right. And I was just like, holy shit. Like he actually did shoot him. Uh, so like, I guess talking through it now, it's like, it's like, okay, I didn't really dream it. I dreamt that he got shot, but right. you know, I, I didn't dream it like that. But I figured after like Beth gave him the options, like I was just like, okay, that's kind of a dead giveaway. Now I thought that what he was going to do though, is I thought that he was going to cap him. Mm -hmm. And then I thought he was going to, because he's such a coward, let's be honest. I mean, uh, Jamie is very much the cowardly lion and his dad even said as much tonight. Um, I love him, even though I tried not to, it was the, fucking incredible right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean like basically like, like hey i've known he's an f up his entire life but you know what i've still loved him anyway um but you know that was the thing like she laid out all the all the options of one of them was being ripped apart uh, by hand by rip which that mm-hmm. doesn't sound good which uh, judging by the diner scene i mean he he seriously ripped a man through a window yeah uh, that was ridiculous the, and, and beat the hell out of him with a, uh, which, uh, I mean, by the way, too, I mean, his leverage on that would not have been great. He would have, like, kind of, like, dragged the guy out the it window. It was a very, like very Vin like, Diesel in, yeah. in Fast and Furious moment where it was like, okay, dude, like, you're, you're yeah. one arm pushing up, pushing, push upping yourself off of, like, a fucking yeah. hood of an old Chevelle with, like, 800 yeah. pounds. Anyway. Yeah, yeah it was exactly. it, it, That whole scene, though, you, you sit here and, like, you, you thought Jamie was going to kill himself. I thought so, yeah. I, okay. Because I... I I, I, because I was just like, I was like, he's kind of that big of a coward. And it's like, also too, it's like, does he necessarily have a play here? And I think now we can agree that right. he, it, I mean, because now he's an indentured servant basically to his family. Yeah. But it's, it's weird too. Cause it was like, for a moment you thought he, he already found out his dad de- did that. And mm-hmm. you kind of thought he was going to, ride it out with him and and you talk about him being a coward so you thought he would kill himself i thought he was too much of a coward to do it um mm-hmm. to himself but you know that happens and this and the the season ends with him dragging his body i was a little bit disappointed it was not over take him to the train right where they're gonna dump him off the side of the of the, mm-hmm. the mountain but he takes him to this other spot where he's um he's, he's obviously gonna hide this body and, and he's dragging what is was clearly you know th- his dad's dead body and all of a sudden, Beth comes out from behind him. And yeah. all you see is like her silhouette. I thought for sure she was going to kill him, which I would have loved. Um, right. But then it ended up being Beth, like taking a picture of him. And that's how he became the indentured servant, like you mentioned earlier. Well, that's the thing, too, is, I mean, remember tonight, crazy Queen Elizabeth lady, whatever she is, um, you know, the, the one who runs the company, um, you know, right. telling Beth that she's going to prison. So now... I think I know how this is going to set up is John's going to get governor and he's going to take over being governor of Montana. And of course, Jamie being a G attorney general, it's going to be basically slap every single injunction you can on these people and all of my legal stuff. Yeah. It's going to go in the garbage. That's not Mm -hmm. even going to happen now. And we're just going to basically just push these people out of Yellowstone. 
Right. No, I completely agree. Um, yeah. I th- so I think we got it. I think we got the, and I have to call Candler here because I, um, I don't know if he's actually watched it. I, I sent him the picture of you in the hat and he's, he's fired up for it as well. And I hope all of our listeners are as well, uh, as well. But, um, but yeah, man, I, you know, we'll actually, uh, we, I, we won't do it now, I guess, like going into the off season, but we'll have you, um, you're going to become a much bigger, uh, part of this. I don't know if you know that yet or not, because of the fact that yeah. like we had a full off season to, to you know, yes. like, and you and I are, are way more similar, even though you are in a successful relationship, um, and, and actually got credentialed for the natty, but at the same time, like, you know, Tyler's got, he's got, you know, his other job, he's got kids. You and I are going to, we're going to be talking about this a lot more. And I'm hoping, did they, did they clarify when the next episode was going to air when the next season is going to start? Cause this is a very odd time to end it. No, I mean, and this is uh, tremendous uh, podcasting right here in terms of me just looking it up. Let's see. <laughs> yellow stone. This is literally how we do every episode on this, on this pod, by the way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So Yellowstone season five, when will Yellowstone premiere on Paramount network? Uh, 2021, uh, like, just like get, get right to it. Isn't that always the worst, by the way, yeah. like whenever, like it's recipes just to kind of get on a side tangent right here. Like whenever you look up a recipe for something and then oh, people yeah. are like, like, I, I have this recipe in my family for like, I'm like, Hey, look, that's awesome that you right. had this in your family, but I don't care. Give me the fucking bullet uh, okay. list and get out of my face. That's that's it. That's it. I just want to know how much paprika, sage, all that kind of shit that I need to use. Uh, let's see. All right. With the new season beginning production in May of 2022, our best wow. guess is that season five will debut fall of 2022. Uh, okay, that could change whatever. depending on the pandemic, which... Hopefully, at this point, people don't get uh, necessarily too uh, caught up in a, a little bit of a, a runny nose or something yeah. like that. Just, uh, you know, get the uh, get the treatments, get whatever you need and, and keep it moving, folks. Yeah, I, I tell you what, it was I hate that it's going to be to the fall, but it was a very fun addition mm. to to the uh, college well season on Saturdays. And it, 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 this was a pretty big pick me up for me, just like in general, oh, yeah. to have some on Sundays, too. So, oh, yeah. Um, all right, yeah. let's um, let's wrap it up here. I appreciate you having on or having you on, man. Um, mm-hmm. I know you got to put all this together, so I'm gonna I'm gonna send this your way. Let's, um, let's do it. Uh, we'll, we'll talk people... again soon because we're gonna be in India together. You damn right we are, brother. We are going to be there. It's gonna be a fun time. If anybody's got a little bit of the nose thing happening right there, just go to uh, St. Elmo's, get you some of that shrimp cocktail. Apparently, the cocktail sauce will just go right up the nostrils, and it just clears everything out uh that is not that is not a doctor or medical advice no. saying that it's just one of those like uh, for example a couple of weeks ago me and the girlfriend went and had uh sushi and mm. it turns out i had a little bit too much wasabi and you know how like when yeah. you get like too much wasabi right up the sinuses oh it's the worst right up there mm. oh my god and then like you have to like stop for like a few like you're just like oh my god like yeah that was not only spicy like it was also like just right up right there. Well, um, either way, uh, get yourself taken care of. Everyone be safe. Uh, all good stuff. Start watching Yellowstone, and um, we'll talk to you guys soon.